Welcome in. It's the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is the uh, first episode post football edition here, and we have a uh, a welcoming back of sorts after uh, two weeks off. The guy gets engaged and thinks he can just hi hi hiatus hiatus hiatus. I don't know. Same thing. No, it's not. Gray jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a shit? Grant Dylan. He was the Ethan was the one calling me stupid. Before we started recording here, unbelievable. But like we said, Ethan is engaged. Congratulations! Now she did. She didn't say no. She said sure. Let's go. She didn't say no. So, but she also didn't say yes. She said sure. (laughs) I told her I'm going to say that at the wedding. I'm going to say sure instead of (laughs) you take. Do you take Hannah to be your lawfully wedded wife? Sure. Sure. (laughs) I'm like Grant's going to die at the altar. Yes. Was this his idea? Was this his now, idea? Turn around and face the other one. <laughs> so, Ethan, are you going to be uh, f- when when you get uh, f- at the uh, at the wedding when you guys when it's time for your vows? Are you just going to have the uh, the the? Uh, oh, we're just going um, standard. We're not writing our own vows. No, no, no. No. So, like, it's not going to be like where you have to repeat after what the uh, the preacher preacher says, like. I Ethan take the Hannah, oh, yeah. well, you know, I mean, or, or is he just gonna way, say yeah, through? I'll totally f it up. Is he gonna say just the whole thing and then you just say, sure? I might, I might. Okay, we'll see what we, we don't. We, Ethan, we don't wanna... Ethan Hannah's a big Friends fan, so you can throw the whole service for a curveball and say the wrong thing. I could, I could. I don't know. Hypothetically speaking, I know one name we shouldn't use. No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> we um, won't uh we won't bring up said that that name either but so ethan now let's uh wa- walk us through this how did you uh, how did you do it was she uh was she surprised or did she expect that uh it was this was coming well at or this day or the day so we we shopped together for the ring everything like that so she knew it was coming. She wasn't sure when, except when she basically cornered me with a knife in the in the apartment and forced me to tell her in a three week stretch when it was going to be. Uh, so I, she didn't actually force me with a knife, but she might as well have. Um, but uh, so she she had an idea of when it was going to happen. I actually thought I played it off pretty well. She thought it was going to happen the day of, but then so I used the nanny kids. I don't know if I told you that or not. But uh, I used the nanny kids, and basically I got, I got like a birth, like a birthday present bag, and they, the parent, the mom put the, I put the ring box in there. Mom gave it to kids. Uh, me and Grant were in the basement, uh, just hanging out for about thirty minutes, just waiting for Hannah to get there. The one time she's actually on time, not early at their house. Um, so we're just hanging out down in the basement, and then Hannah walks in. Kids give her said birthday present because this was the Saturday after her birthday, saying they forgot to give her one. And she opens the, she sees the ring box, she opens it and it says, turn around. And then I walk around and I'm right there. But what threw her off was, uh, Lissa and Josh told her they had a dinner for Josh's uh, work. So Lissa's holding up different clothing options when Hannah walks in saying like, does this look better? Does this look better? So it completely threw her off and she didn't think it was going to happen. And then bam, happens. Uh, we eat pizza, we have some champagne and uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of it. All right. Okay. Pizza was good. Pizza was good. Where'd you uh, Where'd you guys get it from? Papa John's, I think. 
That sounds that sounds right. I think it was Papa John's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, because Papa Murphy's doesn't deliver. My uh, my my wedding videographer Grant with the with the video there. It was well done. Yeah, I, I saw the video. He didn't screw it up. He did not. It was very exciting. So, did Dylan, you? Uh, did did rip. she like the ring? The ring Dylan, was good. I... It was all. Yes. Yeah, so she she actually knew kind of what the ring looked like or what the ring looked like, but she picked the diamond out and I actually picked the band out. So I got the bigger part. Um, Let's go. Yeah, yeah I, go. I got that. I found it. We actually, the one we saw at the we went to Shane Company had just a rose gold. Um, they didn't have like a yellow gold, like what she wanted. So we asked if they had it. They had one left in the entire company and how Shane company works is basically once that model or that, that design is done, they don't make it again. So there was one left in the entire company and it was an organ. So we actually got it shipped to Minneapolis, verified we liked it, and then we're able to go forward with it. Okay. So All right. Grant, you, uh, you had the end ring left. Wow, you got the last one now. We did. You could, yeah. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. You you could sell it for a lot of money since it's the only one left. Because then that would that would go down a road that we don't want to go down. So I will yeah. stop talking here because Grant, you said you wanted to talk. So it's it's funny. Ethan mentioned I was his videographer. Um, that week before, like the three days before, Dylan, I saw a video on <laughs> on the TV of some friend. Getting a video of his proposing to per, getting the video of his friend proposing to his girlfriend at the time, but this guy looks over to his right and he sees this baby raccoon sneak out up on him. So naturally he gets distracted and videotapes the raccoon. Well, when That's he right, turns back over that. to the engagement, <laughs> he misses everything and they're already hugging and it was an absolute disaster. And then by the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Grant, you got to be focused. Focused here. You cannot mess this up on Saturday. Well, the next day, Ethan sends me that same video on Instagram, and he goes, don't mess this up, buddy. Good thing there were no raccoons around. There was no baby raccoons around, because I'm I mean, not going to lie. I would if you went for the raccoon anyway. That, the, cool. raccoon, the raccoon probably yeah. would have won the video. <laughs> they're, they're an interesting creature. You don't, you don't see them oh. very often unless they're attacking no. your dog. So, oh, which is happened to me. Actually, yeah, I, I, I know. No, 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 no. Raleigh was attacking raccoon. It was not the other way around. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. My, the stupid dog I live decided to attack a raccoon, and the raccoon had the high ground at two in the morning. Advantage, raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've also seen the video. The other good thing that Ethan didn't do is uh, have it while he was surrounded by water where – have you ever seen the video where the guy he's proposing to his fiance and he was having his buddy throw the, uh, throw the, the ring to him. Oh, he overshoots God. it and goes into the water oh, and the uh, fu- future husband had to dive in to try and find it. Did he find it? I don't know. I, that's when the video cut out. Oh boy. We need an update there. Hopefully, oh hopefully that uh, it was it wasn't far enough down to where he was able to find it. Because, but then, and if he did, it it makes for a hell of a story, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, it yeah. it it does. As long the, as the ring's not ruined, they're fine. The man yeah. who threw it could be in hot water the rest of his life, or it could be let's just laugh it off and pretend this never happened. To be honest with you, the, guy, the groom can't get mad because it was his stupid idea in the first place. So that is true. 
That is also true. Hopefully he had insurance. Yeah, I got that insured before she got it because we all know Hannah forgets things, so. It's all right. We all do. I so, mean, he's, do he's you, not wrong. Do you have a, uh, do you guys have a date set yet for, for the wedding? Um, not officially, uh, but we want November 1st, 2025. November 1st, 2025. Okay. We have our first wedding venue tour on Friday, another one Sunday. And I think one the following weekend, if I'm right, next Friday. Mike. Oh. So we only Yo. have three set up right now. Three set up currently. Hopefully we can pick out of those three because those three are our favorite. We know what's crazy, guys. That will be here before we know it. It will be. Because this November will be here before we know it. And then after that, you just count down to a year. And it's like every single year from now, for it seems like now it goes faster and faster. So that'll yeah. be here before we know it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It will. Will it be? A, will it be in the city somewhere? Then I'm guessing. Yes, our locations are either Eden Prairie, Northfield, where her parents are, or uh, White Bear Lake, just kind of in the north northeast suburbs up there. Okay, cool. those gotcha. are the options right now. So potentially cake eater. We'll see. Yeah, I hope we're definitely cake eater. Yeah, I hope it is because that's just who Ethan is. He's better than us. And he's not afraid to admit it. As he drinks wine with his pinky up. It's not like we're putting 15 grand down on a venue. So, like, that's that's the good news. Well, because, Ethan, remember, you know, I told you about Chan Casca there in Mankato. Because I figured, hey, that would be up your alley. That's 10 grand to start. Minimum. I think it was actually minimum. Yeah. I mean, I was just told um, this weekend, Wes told me that as of right now, it's 10 grand to start. um, Which is outrageous. Higher than that after when I saw it. Yeah. Was holy shit. I mean, that's an awesome place, but ten One of them is a start? winery though, or a vineyard. One of them that we're looking at. The one we're going to on Sunday is a vineyard. I mean, I I, I can't say anything because it's it's not my day. That's all right. Yeah. And, it's and not mine. Grant. It's uh for special occasions you have to drink wine. That's how this works. So it's perfect. It's right there for you. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So, I cannot argue. I cannot argue these statements. Nope. I did get Grant to drink wine out at the winery remembers that though. So I, that, I do I have can, a video of. I do have I a can picture con- of that. I yep. can confirm. Yep. Um, and you I had think a I told right. Yes, I think so. I I have that actually right now. I'm I'm drinking it currently. And I can one. confirm it was not terrible. Nice. We got a little. We got a little gift from uh, one of Hannah's nanny families. He got me some Woodford Reserve today, so I might be making some Ooh. some old fashions later. Hey, there, it, there is. it is. There it is. Big wine guy Grant. Yeah. Big wine guy over here. It was only a matter of time, not if I converted him to a wine drinker. Now I just need a need a cigarette and a baguette, and I can call myself a Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Grant, this Iowa State-Houston game is starting just like I told you at Pywood, 61-55. It is 5-2 at the first media. Excellent. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to catch the second half. This is, some, this is high-quality basketball right here. This is actually good shit. Well, you see, for, text, or... for, some, for some reason, guys, I almost enjoy a defensive game like this in college Absolutely. more than a shootout in college. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just the intensity is so much better. Yeah, well – Something that was there was not a lot of defense was the uh, the NBA All Star game. Did you guys watch any of that? Oh no, God no! I saw a cat scored fifty, and that's only because I saw it on Instagram. I would never turn that on. Uh, I'm not gonna. When I was laying down to go to bed last night, 
I turned it on as background noise, and I think I fell asleep within two minutes. Yeah, I watched the, the like maybe like halfway through the first quarter, and I'm the I the best way I would describe this is when you guys play you're playing a pickup game at wherever you choose at the YMCA, LA Fitness, wherever you choose to play pickup games. It looked like guys just shooting around before the game actually starts where they're, they're, they're just shooting. There's no contest. At least like when we were growing up, like the all-star game, it still mattered at to some extent where guys would actually play hard. And, you know, especially in the fourth quarter where they would, it would actually become, it would become an actual game where that was just abysmal. Dude, I'm not going to lie. When we were growing up, NBA All-Star Weekend was one of my favorite sports weekends of the year. Um, that's they had when the three-point competition, the three dunk point contest, the, the skills dunk competition. Skills. He even won the dunk contest. Some Jaylen white Brown, guy. Who, I some thought it was Jalen Brown. No, it was some white guy. I think he plays for like Orlando's G League team. He's oh, won it two years in a row now. Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he won again? See, I didn't even, I didn't even see any of the dunks, so that just shows how shitty they were. He, I saw one highlight. He dunked over Shaq. He jumped over Shaq, um, and you know, put it behind his back. I mean, it looked cool, but they were talking. He's going to do something never seen before, and I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. It was uh, well, didn't he like win by dunking over a YouTuber or something? I, I very well could be. I don't. I was sitting in a chair. Like, what the fuck? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, like I said, I and was, then, and then did you I, see I, Jalen Brown's comments after about how the uh, that Adam Silver's changes was how you have to play like sixty five games, and he said it should be less that they should play less. You are played to play basketball, and you want to like I get that that's exactly why the NBA is a joke. That's why Adam Silver sucks, and the worst commissioner in pro sports that nobody wants to talk about, but between he does these NBA players are so out of touch that they don't understand that what pays their salaries. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason why it's the viewers and ratings keep dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping is because they just, they have the attitude that they're better than us. And, you know, back when Jordan was playing, he appreciated. He talked about how he knew going to every game that the last that there was somebody that was going to go see him for the first time and were never was never going to see him again. And he felt that if they're paying money and investing in him, he wanted to give them the best performance that he could. Except- you know, let's call us let's call us let's call us spade to spade. The NBA has gone downhill ever since Kobe Bryant retired. Rest in peace. Yeah. But once Kobe left, we had that awesome finals that year. It's gotten worse and worse and worse every single season. It, it's getting to the point where we shouldn't even play it just like the NFL doesn't play an actual football game. 100%. Just do different skill challenges just like they do. It's either that or or they do what MLB did and make it to where it's you uh, winner gets home court for the finals. Well, didn't MLB change that they to where now it's the best they, regular they season did. record? But they still actually tried. Yeah. In the MLB, well, in, it wasn't about that. It was just basically because they uh, 
because they had a tie and they overreacted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True. But well, this is, what, that, that's how they have to do it. Is is like I think that might the only way to save it is is if you put something on the line. Or like the in season tournament, instead of making it sixty thousand dollars, make it where they get five hundred G's. Yeah, I mean, we don't some... need the in season tournament either. That's that's the other well, thing. Is, is no, that, no, that's no. That's made the Lakers season. It's fine because they fucking suck. Well, yeah, that's the only thing that Praise the, the reason why the Lakers are relevant this year is because that crap. They won the in season tournament. Get out. Well, no, you guys, the in season tournament's a big deal because Nick Wright said that oh, it'll be cool in twenty years from now when people can say oh, they won the in season tournament. Let's go look who was on that team. I hate Nick Wright so much. <laughs> hey, I, he's one the, of you, Grant. I know he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah. You know what? You yep. want? You want? No. You want to know why he's not? Because he started in Fox in 2015 when Cowherd was on, and he started making his guest appearances. I never heard him mention the Chiefs once. Not until Pat Mahomes was there. Interesting. In 20 in 2018. Don't tell me you're one of me. If the way he talks about and will defend Pat Mahomes. Where was that in 2015 defending those teams with Alex Smith? Well, he talked about it on the herd how he uh, when when they drafted Mahomes how he he had some he tweeted something I don't know what he tweeted but he was wasn't happy about it. I remember when he trade or when the uh, Chiefs traded Marcus Peters he about threw his coffee mug across the table. He was so mad and basically was saying how the Chiefs ownership is some is the worst in the NFL. So well, jokes, jokes, jokes on him, but he but, started talking I mean, about them in 2018. So give me, give me a break, Nick Wright. And he's been, well, and, and most of the time he's too busy because he's got LeBron's dick so far down his throat. He almost pukes on it. So oh, it's bad. He has just some awful takes. Like he's, I don't know if he skipped Bayless bad, but man, it's, it's rough. I mean, it's getting but, close because he's now the voice of FS1 and nobody watches FS1 anymore. No, it's the herd. I watch the herd and that's it. I and you know, dude, I can't even hardly watch the hurt these days. It's just, it's even Colin it, has just terrible takes now. Sometimes. He's a, terrible takes. It's not what it used to be, man. I tell you what, if I want to watch sports television for football, I'm watching Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Nothing can compete with that. And us, God, what was Colin had a take the other day that was so bad? I just, I was like, oh, I bet you I know what you're talking about, Ethan. He said that Washington was going to win the NFC East next year. That's what it was. No, I, that's just ridiculous. But it was something. That's a bad one, too. I might just scroll back and see if I can find it. We can obviously keep going. But but then also, without question, Pat McAfee has taken over sports radio, and he is the guy. And I don't even enjoy, like like that as much anymore. Some of it, Sometimes it can be just too much. I don't listen to it as much as I used to either. I will say this though, sports media is is gotten awful. It's it's almost unwatchable now these days and unlistenable. That's because they're all too focused about being buddy buddy with with the players and they don't want to step on their toes or hurt their feelings. They're too too afraid to criticize anybody because they're worried about athletes getting offended. So, but You know, I guess that's a good way to uh, transition here is that we, you know, somebody that some somebody that or a team that didn't do that. And it is a tremendous documentary that's got two episodes right out right now on Apple TV 
It's called Dynasty. It's about the rise and fall of the New England Patriots dynasty. Episode one and two are out now. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Are we're going to be recapping episode one and episode two here of Dynasty. And Ethan, have you uh, have you found found said take yet? Uh, I have not. So just keep going. I want to say there's something about the Timberwolves. Oh, he did did talk about the Timberwolves. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't remember what I was listening to. Two six, some guy on his show can't, said, from the stars all the way down the roster, these guys are so, so locked in, talking about the Clippers. And then I think it was like the next day, that, or a couple of days later, the T-Wolves went in there and just beat the living shit out of them. They did do that. I think it was something about how they aren't deep enough and they don't have uh, they don't have enough depth or something. No, because he's ridiculous. not a big depth guy. But yeah, no, when it comes to the depth NBA, in the he, fucking league, he's all about star, 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 stars. No offense, like, yeah. Ant, Ant's the future. He can go fuck off. Ethan's with the uh, Ethan's spicy coming back spicy this episode. Well, I think we're already up to like. Four or five F-bombs on this one. The T-Wolves are so easily the best team in the West. It's not even, I don't even think it's up for debate. They're, they have a, like, it's like 20 and like 10 record versus like teams with winning records in the West. Like by far the most wins versus 500 teams or better. And then the next like three teams below them, I think they've only lost like four times. So, and I think two of those are to the Thunder. Two of them are to the Thunder. Hey, they have just been absolutely dominant. Uh, I don't know if I, you guys saw my post I had on my story uh, talking about the Wolves. They're like the first team, like 780 teams have been. I did see this on the road. I don't, I don't know if you saw this or not, but it's like there's like 787 teams in MLB history, NBA history, have played two teams on the road that are 20 plus games over 500. Oh yeah, you did send you sent that to the us. The Wolves yeah. are the only team to have beaten them both by 20 plus. Like that doesn't, and, and they should have beat Chicago before that too, before Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, so like they, there's well, was what, good. was that the back to back right? One night in Chicago, the next night yes, in Milwaukee. Yes, the next was in, in Milwaukee, and they just beat the living hell out of them. You know and what's that crazy? Was full strength Dame in Giannis. And was that um, was that with Doc or was or no before Doc but post Adam um, Griffith? That was Doc. I believe that was Doc. Uh, okay, that, that was, was like Doc. last okay. week. Yeah, that wasn't that long. You're right. Yeah, it was only like last Tuesday or something like yeah. that. I can't find it. Maybe it's not on here, but man, it was just stupid. But no, if you think about it, that Chicago Milwaukee trip, we should have beat the Bulls and lost to the Bucks. We did that backwards. Man, they beat the hell out of the Bucks. Like they mm-hmm. dominate. But yeah, and well, Listen, before you know, we'll be talking. They did not beat the Magic. That's right. They didn't. <laughs> they, they beat the hell out of them down in Orlando. <laughs> they did. Well, they <laughs> they blew, the, blew, blew the game up here. Yeah. I, I yeah, was kind of following it on my phone. And yeah, they had a 10-point uh, lead going into the fourth quarter, an 8-point lead, and they gave it away. And they lost, they lost mm-hmm. by 8 or 10. I think I was at a high school basketball game, and I was getting notifications on my phone. And I was like, I saw they were down 10, and I looked – my phone buzzes again, and it's the final, and it was they won they won by five or so. I was like, oh no shit, huh? Sweet. Yeah, the Wolves decided to not play defense in the fourth quarter. They've done that a couple no, times. This that'll year. lose you some games. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to uh, episode one 
here of Dynasty. And it, it, it was very evident. Um, to, the, the first one of the most, probably one of the lines I remember the most is when they, they, they're interviewing Bill Burr. And he said that the Patriots were so bad that he wanted to forget about being a Patriots fan. That's how bad, how bad it was. Um, talking about the passion that Boston sports fans have. And there wasn't a whole lot real realistically that like, I don't remember, no, no about you guys, but the Patriots pre Tom Brady, it was, they had Drew Bledsoe and nothing after that. They played for the Super Bowl in 94, I believe, or 90, it was in 96, 96, 96. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost to the Packers, but outside of that, they were kind of on that. They were five and 11 the year before 2001, but and there was kind of some question marks. There, nobody really knew the, what was going to happen. Bill Belichick was that it, he was in his second year. Um, he was a failed coach in in Cleveland, and they they start out the year zero and two, and their their franchise quarterback, who they gave a ten year contract to, was going to be out. He was had internal bleeding. It was extremely bad i forgot about how bad it was but that like, was he my was... take as well i had no idea like it was that severe i thought it was just a bad concussion like he's lucky to be alive so guys mm-hmm. like, i knew like he had a punctured lung or a collapsed lung i i think i knew that but i didn't know he was semi cut an artery open and there was blood gushing into his lungs yeah i had no yeah. idea i, was like, I didn't oh either god that's, that's awful and and the the one thing I do remember about that was how loud that hit was that he took on the sideline. Like they they played it back, and it was it, it was crunch huh. it was bone crunching how loud that hit was. <laughs> I mean that it had like, to be like what it would be like to get hit by a car at going thirty miles an hour. Yeah, and I remember Brady saying that his face Did you mask find it? was Did like you find it? dented in. No, new, five minutes ago, Justin's Justin Fields doesn't follow the Bears on Instagram anymore. It's happening. Oh, it's I happening. Five minutes ago, it's happening. Caleb Williams, you are a bear. It's it's happening. He's go he's going to Pittsburgh. I'm calling it's it. Done. Not Atlanta. He's going to Pittsburgh. It's done. It's gonna be a Steeler, but. They, uh, um, they, but yeah, his, it was that it was that did he had blood leaking into his lungs and nobody, it, it, it was unknown. There was some guy, a second year quarterback out of Michigan named Brady that nobody other than outside of the, uh, outside of the new England Patriots, um, front office. Nobody really knew anything about the guy. They, it, it was funny when they would they they were interviewing Drew Brett Bledsoe about it, and they talked about some the pranks they would pull pull on Tom about how um, they would put something where you would have purple feet. And, oh yeah, like when when you sweat. Um, that and was your, awesome. <laughs> your socks become purple. That was yeah. Hilarious. The FBI die. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. Well, and that was before everybody wore. Now everybody wears black socks, so it's like, oh, it's, it don't mean anything. But in you know, two thousand, everyone's wearing white socks and white socks only. 
And, and you know, Tom overpaid for Ty Law's house, so it's not like he can afford a yeah. pair of socks. <laughs> That's that guy. <laughs> I love how Ty Law now, first ballot hall, I think he's the first ballot hall of famer, goes, Tom Brady owes me $150,000. No. No, he's what? full of shit. <laughs> I don't owe him shit. He, so he overcharged me for that house. <laughs> And Incredible. the guy he was living with, who was a guy he played against at Purdue, whose name is escaping me, but Tom went to a pawn shop and bought, bought a Super Nintendo and they would play Tecmo Bowl. And, you know, the all all the Patriots that what they saw in in the uh, in practice, they saw he was a very competitive guy. There wasn't the talent. They weren't quite sure, but they knew that he was he was a competitive guy. Um, and it goes back to. Tecmo Bowl with that he would play with his roommate. How anytime he would lose, he would put dents in the walls. He, how how angry or he Dylan, would get. Even like he knew he could hit the floor, and the floorboards would shake so much it would reset the console. <laughs> so right before he knew he was about to lose, and in the winter would have to run a, a mile naked around the neighborhood, would smash his foot on the floor to reset the game, just so he wouldn't lose. Incredible. <laughs> What did Hannah say? Chestnut like, checkers. That's ridiculous. Like, that's not okay. And I'm like, I'm not endorsing it, but that's also why he's the best ever. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> and that drive, that attitude is literally what and, made him what he is. And to kind of make fun of us here, we're never going to date a supermodel because we don't have that in us. No. <laughs> well, I, I, get I get fairly it. mad when I play video games, but my mom would never let me. And, and maybe if she would have let me do that, who knows? Maybe I would be... Maybe I would be in the NFL right now. I guess we'll never know because she never let me get mad while playing video games. I just had to get it. She would just come down, turn it off, and I'd be done for a week. Nice, a week. nice job, Jolene. You could have. Yeah, me, you ruined you. Me and Cody and his. Uh, we would play NCAA, and I remember one time he like held it for like the final like four quarter, and then went and kicked a field goal, and I was just fucking pissed. I was like, "Who the <laughs> f does that? Like, who kicks a <laughs> field goal?" And I like stormed out of there and like walked back to my door, and I was just like, <laughs> I didn't throw anything, but I was that close oh that's funny <laughs> but even even drew bledsoe said he's like i was gonna I'm, I'm gonna be honest i wasn't worried about him at all mm-hmm. like i he had nothing and you know brady's attitude was he just wanted to try and get better every week he he was the only one that believed that he was even gonna make the team because well, he started out as a fourth stringer yeah and they he just moved up the ladder and he, he, uh, um, and, and Bray, his approach was, is he wasn't going to take anything to chance. Um, he, no, at that point, nobody knew when Drew was coming back. Everybody kind of wrote, already wrote the Patriots off because I don't think many people thought they were going to be very good. Um, they knew the defense was going to be good. And when Willie McGinnis was on there, talked about how the defense was the one running the team. And um, Belichick's saying was, you're in for this week, and we're going to see after that. And Tom just said, "I'm," and he was telling people on the team that he's not giving this job back. And when it, the time came that Drew was finally healthy, he was cleared to practice, cleared to play, there was a lot of talk in the New England locker room about who who's going to be starting. And Bill decided he was going to go with the hot hand, go with, go with Tom Brady. And 
Robert Kraft felt terrible about it. Drew actually went to go talk to Bill or to uh, Robert about it. And, you know, Robert referred to Drew as like his fifth, fifth son. son. Gave him gave him that huge 10-year contract. They were very close. And in in the end, Robert trusted Bill to go with Brady because it wasn't going to be good that if put anybody in a good spot, because if Robert went down to Bill and told him that you need to start Drew, he is, we're paying, he's, it's, a, we gave him a 10 year contract. He's our franchise quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then Bill, Bill caves go gives into it and says, and Drew doesn't play well, you know, that could be costing Bill his job because he was doing what the owner told him and it bit him in the ass. You know, and, who, and, and who Bill Kraft oh, from sticking his nose in there. Yeah, he exactly. Bill make the decision and kind of go off on his own. Like, mm-hmm. good for him. Most owners and, and Bill also. And I didn't even think about this until they brought this up too. Is is that Bill went through something similar with this in in Cleveland when he had Bernie Kosar as his starting quarterback and. When you look at both Kozar and Bledsoe's careers, it it met they met very they had very similar paths where they were you know they were they were beloved in in Cleveland and in, in New England, um, and they were tremendous players when they were healthy. But both in both instances they both got beat up really bad because they couldn't protect the way they played, and their their injuries finally caught up to them. And they just weren't the same after those injuries. And the difference was, is that in New England, Bill Belichick had Tom Brady in the waiting in the wings who just took, uh, who, and, well, we all, we all know how, how that story ended. But what's crazy is him and Pioli, Belichick and Pioli, knew they messed up in Cleveland because they didn't have a backup plan. Bill literally put all his chips in the middle of the table on this Brady guy who, like you said, Dylan, second-year player, the year before was throwing interceptions all the time for, on the practice squad and was not a, not a good quarterback from another book I've read um, about Michael Hawley. You know, the Boston – is it Boston Globe columnist or Boston Herald columnist? He's in here too. Bob Ryan. Um, no, it wasn't Bob Ryan. It was Michael Holly. He's he's um, oh okay. He's the black writer with sun with the with the, the yep, glasses. Okay, yep, I know what you're yeah, talking he, about. He now. wrote a book about that, and Brady's rookie year was a disaster. It was not good, and for Belichick to see something in him and just kind of go all in and go over the unpopular route, go against the owner, but tell the owner, hey, trust me, I'm the football guy. Let the football people make football decisions. And the and the rest is history. I mean, so when Tom says he owes a majority of his career to Coach Belichick, it's a hundred percent true because he said, "All right, Tom, we're going we're going in together, or we're going out together in 2002 when this thing doesn't work." And yeah, and it boy did it work. Yeah, and that that's about where episode one ends. Is that and then go into episode two here? It starts. With uh, with them talking to uh, Tom and his family, um, what Tom went through on draft day, and he's documented it before how he he thought he could go anywhere from the third. He thought he was going to be a third or a fourth round pick, 
and his name he kept quarterbacks kept getting picked in front of him and he remembered going for a walk and with a bat and hitting his hitting the bat in his hand because he was so frustrated that he wasn't getting picked he go ends up getting he uh, um ends up getting picked by the uh, by the Patriots in the sixth round and when on his uh, introductory press conference or whenever they bring in all the draft picks, he uh, goes up to Bob Cra- Robert Kraft, introduces himself, and Robert says that, I know who you are. You're our sixth-round pick, our quarterback from Michigan. And and he just said that, I wanted to let you know that I'm the best decision you've this organization has ever made. And at this point, nobody know, knew who, who he was. Robert Kraft was taken aback by this. Was like, who is this sixth round guy telling me that this is I'm the best he's the best decision this organization has ever made and um I th- I think the biggest takeaway from episode 2 was is how Tom ingratiated himself into the locker room where he was one of the guys he he would go out and drink with the offensive linemen he would go do beer chugging contests with them mix in a water here and there so he could stay keep up with him and talking about how how much work he put in and bill talk bill belichick talked about how he challenged bill because tom was so well prepared that bill had to be prepared for any questions tom would have if that you know that bill might not have prepared for what you know one thing i loved about um Tom and just his confidence that he had in himself was when he was at to dinner with lawyer Malloy and Ty law. And he looks at the two veteran leaders of that secondary and he goes, Hey guys, I'm not going to give the starting job up. This is my job to have. And then lawyer and Ty kind of look at each other like, okay, get it young man, get it. But deep down inside, they're like, is this dude crazy? Like, what is he, what is he talking about? This is, this is Bill's team. He, he's not even going to get a shot, but Hey, Good for him for having the confidence to go out there and try to make a place. Yeah. And and the other part that they talked about was how from his rookie year to that point is how Brady was kept ascending and going and like improving each week where Bledsoe more so just kind of was flatlining and plateaued. And that I in the end, that was ultimately why they ended up going with Brady is this because they felt that he he had the higher upside and one of Belichick's that that he was best known for is is knowing when to cut bait with somebody and maybe did it a year or two too early but going with Brady you know um it it felt like there was a little more juice with the team guys seemed to rally around him it I don't it was never said but it almost kind of implied like Drew had the attitude that since he was the quarterback, he didn't have to partake in everything. He didn't have to go and go to the dinners, the meetings, or those those team team building events where Tom really understood that um, that football it was a relationship business, and what they did, the trust they developed off the field, developed into trust on the field. And, you know, Grant, like you were talking about when he was at dinner with lawyer Malloy and Ty Law, he said he's not giving this job back. And I they they thought he was crazy, but they could tell that I think they sensed that they believed they believed him that he's going to make sure 
he's not given that job back. And if he fails, it's just because he didn't have that skill level. He was, he was what he was. Did you guys notice Gus Johnson was the one that called the very first game he went in? Yes. Yeah. I and know. He was, he's right, right away. Ian Eagle called his, uh, the, the walk-off versus the Colts, basically. Like, mm-hmm. Can you imagine being from right there calling Tom Brady to where he went? Like, yeah. That would just be the most incredible thing to see that ascend and just be there for like almost every week or how many games throughout each season. Like, that would just be absolutely unbelievable. Well, and then, like, Ethan, even on that same note, like, where Gus Johnson and Ian Eagle are now. Like, Gus Johnson's everyone's favorite play-by-play guy in college football. And Ian Eagle is now going to do his first Final Four here in, what, seven weeks? Yeah. And And his son's doing NBC. His son son did so good in the Michigan State. Sort of basketball game on Peacock. How good is his – him and Blackledge, they, they were the best team in college football this year. Yeah. And they did yeah, two I NFL games. They did two NFL games this year, man, and they were incredible. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, exactly your point, Ethan. Like, Gus Johnson, he's he's getting his career started, and then 20 years later, he's where he is. And now Tom is known as just Brady. Yeah. Like, when – when you can walk across in life and people know you as one name, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. When you, when you have one name, it's like, you're just, just special, man. But no, Dylan, I I agree. I'm with you. Bledsoe had that sense of arrogance and smugness that, Hey, this is my team. I'm in bed with the owner. I can do whatever I want, get whatever I want. And Tom had that, um, blue collar um, workers mentality that he developed, I'm guessing at the university of Michigan under Lloyd Carr. Cause people forget at Michigan, he had to compete to get the starting job. I think his junior and senior year. He wasn't he was, even, was, or, it was, or he, he had to he alternate the senior year because it was yeah. uh, Drew Henson was, was the mm-hmm. popular guy. He was the, uh, he was the in-state kid, like one of the top recruits in the country and had a bad game against Michigan state got benched and Tom never gave that job back. Um, but Grant, you, you talked about how it being Drew Bledsoe's team and Adam Vinatieri. And I think that this might actually be the best way to s- summarize, summarize episode two is, is Adam Vinatieri talking about with Tom, it didn't feel like it was Bill's team. It didn't feel like it was Tom's team. It didn't feel like it was Robert's crafts team, even though he was the one signing our checks. It, Owning the team. it felt like it was, it was our team. And in that Super Bowl against St. Louis, I know they haven't got this far in the documentary yet, um, is a perfect example of that. I think St. Louis came out and introduced their starting offense. New England came out that year as a team, as one. Um, you know, it was perfect that same year after the September 11th attack. The Super Bowl is in New Orleans. It's a red, white, and blue logo. The Patriots are in there. The Minutemen who founded this country, it was the perfect representation of a team. And I don't think we'll ever see that ever again in the NFL. Yeah. And I think actually that's what started because now you see they, they don't do starters anymore. Everybody, the the entire, both of them come out as a team now. So that mm -hmm. might have been started from when the Patriots did that. They, um, so 
episode one and two, episode three and four, we'll be recapping next week. Oh, uh, also, if you do- Dylan, re- real quick, one, one thing. What's crazy is, and I'm surprised no one in the media has talked about this for this last 20-year run, 25-year run that the Patriots had, was we might not have seen Tom Brady when we – like, there's no doubt in my mind that Tom was eventually going to play, and he was going to take over Bledsoe's job. But hear me out. If it wasn't for the September 11th attack, and the NFL doesn't have to postpone those games another week, the ultimate hypothetical card is this. Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. He keeps playing. Maybe Tom doesn't come in until week six or seven or eight, and the season's already gone and passed by, and they don't get that first Super Bowl, and they don't have the mojo, and they don't go all in on him. Maybe this dynasty doesn't happen. It's 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 something weird to say, but them pushing that game back a week changed NFL history forever. Had that not happened, had those attacks not happened, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be the team of the 2000s. Yeah, it's just, it could be. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about, but how those attacks and how the NFL had to cancel football because everyone's mind was on New York and all those poor people. Then Bledsoe gets hurt the week after. You you just don't know what could have happened had that not happened, which is just crazy to think. Yeah, and yeah, episode episode three and four are out this Friday. Go watch episode one and two if you haven't already. It's Incredible. Excited to see as they, I think they're dropping two episodes every week for the next, uh, next about month and a half or so it looks like. So Dylan, I got to say this. Got- it's, I, I, this part of the Patriots dynasty was the least entertaining. If you ask me like, yeah, once, once we get really going down the road, like Ethan and I talked to the phone earlier today, then it's going to get real good. Then you get the downfall into downfall is going to be interesting. Yeah, downfall. You get into Deflate Gate, Spygate, um, Gronkowski era, Aaron Hernandez, um, the Super Bowl in Arizona, just all that other stuff. It's the sending it to the Senate for the Brady investigation and the FBI. It's going to be awesome. It will be. So join us. Watch. We'll be recapping it every week here and. Let's uh, before we uh, end this show, let's kick it over to Ethan as he uh, gets a welcome back by uh, giving us a curveball of the week. Well, I've been uh, I've been reading a book for my community group at church. Really like it. So that made me think, uh, who is your guys' favorite art uh, author? I almost said artist. Author. Author. Ooh. <laughs> I have it, it, read quite a few few books over the last few years. Um and, and they they it hasn't really all been by one certain author per se. So oh and my bookshelf is covered by posters, so I can't even really look at what I have. But, I mean, if we're going way back to, like, elementary school when we were forced to read, you could never go wrong with some uh, the Matt, Matt Christopher sports novels. Those were always good. Um, Mitch Album Album had a, had two really good books, Tuesdays with Maury and the uh, his, 
did a autobiography or a biography about Bo Schembechler. That was a really good one. Um, I always like Gary Paulson. About the hatchet. Gary Paulson had some good Gary, ones. Yeah, yep. that was a Ryan's good one. Winter, those were just phenomenal. What was it? Um, I think I read this one in like sixth grade. Was I don't know who the author was, but um, was it is it Four Miles to Pinecone? I don't know if I ever read that one. Oh, Son of a gun. Um, but I don't know. It's hard for me to say I have a specific favorite author because of the books I've read, they've it hasn't been by the same individual. Right. You know, they've been about people or you know, Joe Buck wrote a book. Urban Meyer did. But the one I was talking about earlier, guys, it's actually right here by Michael Hawley. It's um, he was a, you know, the columnist for, I think it's the Boston Herald, with um, about Brady and Belichick, mm. and how their dynasty, you know, got started and where it ended. And this came out in like t- 2016. So the most juicy part of this this book, of course, was Aaron Hernandez. You can't. I'm talking about the Patriots without talking about him, and then uh, Deflategate. So, like I said, I th- I'm pretty sure Michael Holly here was a journalist for the Boston Herald, and he did a fantastic job um, about write, writing this book about Brady and Belichick. And then also, there's another one I got into, or I'm, I got to get into here soon. Let me pull it up here. It's uh, it's Ian O'Connor, and he just got a book. Just it's just called Belichick. Mm. Okay. And actually, I, I do have a favorite author, and, and it's because he's been on the podcast, Dan Winnesota. So uh, there we go. There we go. Answer, yeah. but it's a good one. I got also got to say there was another series of books I've had to read when I was younger. Was it like Ethan and Dill? Was it like was it the, the Magic Treehouse books? Were like yeah, those are great. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I I do remember all of those when, when we were younger. Or the guy who wrote the Hardy Boys. I can't think of who was that. I have no idea. I got nothing there. I got okay. I gotta go with John Eldridge though. This is the book we're reading for church right now, Fathered by God. Uh it just talks about the masculinity journey. Just the different stages. Um honestly, like it's really good just to be able to reflect back like on what your life was like as a kid, what the what in each stage to kinda and then you also kinda see like how you're always in each stage at any given time. It's not always like a straight linear line so it's a good one if you guys want to read it like i definitely suggest john eldridge just bought another one of his books actually on saturday so okay yeah all right well then i suppose that wraps it up here we uh we'll be re review recapping dynasty each two episodes that are released from until the completion of that at some point, we will be uh, we got to be talking baseball because pitchers and catchers have reported for spring training. We are thirty eight days from opening day. Thirty eight days but, from opening day. Cody Bellinger is still unsigned. My prediction may stand still till may may be true. I don't know. Share with us uh, what that prediction was here. Uh, I said I the Twins you- are sign Cody Bellinger. We could use a uh, we could use they could use a clutch bat in October. And I mean, I go, they got Carlos Santana, but you can never have too many options at first base. He can play multiple nope. positions, center field. If Buxton goes down. Yep. I'm or he just you. needs, a, or he just needs a series off. He needs a day off or a series off. I'd say screw it. Give him a deal like you did for Correa. See what happens. 
Yeah. And got that. We got March Madness. We have reached the uh, the peak. The uh, We are reaching the uh, the end of the regular season. We got tournaments starting. I'll actually be going to the NDSU-UND basketball game this Saturday. That's a big one. It, it is a very big one. UND first in the summit. I just saw that today. They are. Is that, they is are. that, in, is that in Fargo, Dylan, or is it in Grand Forks? It is in Fargo. It is in Fargo, in Fargo NDSU. They host St. Thomas. Is it Thursday? Yep. And then, who's second, right? Tied for second with South Dakota State. Yep. And, yeah, they play South Dakota State next week Jeez. to end the regular season. That's the NDSU women are uh, are playing. This is probably the best their best season in the Division One era right now. They are, are they leading playing the some of their best. What's that? Are they leading the summit? They're, they're number two. South Dakota State's still undefeated, but okay. – They've uh, they should have beat them in Fargo a couple of a couple of weeks back, but uh, they it was tied with like a minute to go, and then they just got a case of the turnovers, ah. and ended up kind of giving it away. So we yeah, got some not- big ones. NDSU looking to avenge a loss from uh, earlier where they lost at the buzzer, essentially against UND up in Grand Forks. So some revenge. I'm excited because it'll be the first time I'll actually get to be in the. Uh, in their new basketball arena since it's been uh, completed. Cause I, oh, you haven't been cause in I, there? no, no. Cause they played at my first year was at the BSA. Yeah. And then the next two years they were playing at shields cause it was getting, it was under construction. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it is a very nice arena, but they totally effed up the seats. So very That's tight. what I've heard. That's yeah. been the consensus because Fargo media is making a push to get 5,000 there on, 5,000 there on Saturday. So hopefully it's going to be a raucous environment. They also screwed up by not putting the student section by the, uh, the opposing team's bench, like they did under the B at the old BSA. Because that was always, that was, that was, that was always the BSA. It was, I mean, it was, it was a dump, but there were, there were, it got loud in there. It It was, was, uh, Dylan, it's like the Metrodome. It was a dump, but it was our dump. Exactly. Exactly. That thing got freaking loud. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that too. Yeah, it got loud. And you know, uh, um, Dom Izzo was talking about the loudest that he's ever heard the uh, the shack, which is what it's called now at NDSU, is when were for two two high school games when Fargo North North was playing there last year in the semifinals in the state championship game. So hopefully, it can bring <laughs> some good juju. Hopefully, it can help the bison get a win because in my time as a student there, I only got to watch NDSU lose at home one time. Kennesaw state. No, no, they beat Kennesaw. It was, it was, it was my freshman year. It was against Southern miss. They lost to them. Uh, Yes. That was it. I knew it was a black and yellow team. I remember that game. It was because they got down by a lot at halftime and they came back. And they had a couple of good shots to win it, and they just had a couple was, of that uh, shots that Who was out. the guy that could jump out of the gym? What was his name again? Trayvon Wright. Trayvon. I, knew, I thought I was going to say Trayvon Howard, but he absolutely baptized a guy that night. I remember that. Yeah, down, he baptized a, a yeah. lot of people. He baptized yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> he should not have played. In the portal era, era his stock would have been whoosh. Way up. <laughs> oh, yeah. he had to catch a couple of lobs a game, but, man, that team was fun. Yep. Yep, I remember he. I remember the, when my when they played South Dakota State. My when my dad and I went to a game, 
I remember he baptized a dude for South Dakota State, too, that basically kind of put the game out of reach and sealed it. And I remember I looked over at my dad, and I think his jaw about hit the floor. I was like, <laughs> I told you. I told yeah, you that's what he does. He was a human pogo stick. Yep. Poor, poor guy so. was born 10, year, 10 years too early. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty clean. Well, we got nothing but good memories. We, we're happy he did stay at Bison. So that yep. uh, that wraps up this episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Check us out on all of our socials. Uh, posting content there. Uh, 3GTV podcast, Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, rate, leave a review. And we will talk to you next week.